You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, been a wonderful time. Uh, I mean, we, we, we are, we are, our purpose is really to, on this world, is to, to glorify, glorify God. And so uh, sometimes actually... Uh, the services when the worship just goes on and the testimonies just go on and, uh, and, and the prayers go on and we forget about the preach. Today we're just over the middle point where it's, should we make it shorter or <laughs> But I think there will be enough time. Yes. Yeah. There is, um, I mean today, I actually want to, the, the, the preach fits in with what we've experienced this morning in our worship and, and, and our praise and, and the testimonies. It's about building, about growing, about uh, increase in what what we're doing, and it's, uh, the, the title of the the um, or the, the heading yeah for for this morning is uh, a house of living stones. And I mean, if you look in the Bible, I mean, we, we can see that building or, or being built up into something, made into something, is a very important concept in the Bible. And if it's if it's important, it sort of stands out in the Bible. Well, it must be important to God. And if it's important for God, well, then probably it's also important for us. <laughs> so let's have a look at that. And, um, and, and look at this, this concept of, of building a spiritual house of living stones, as it says. And I would like to start, first of all, with a quote. A quote by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I can speak French too. <laughs> On how to build something. In this case, building a ship. And it says here, or he said, if you want to build a ship, don't herd people together to collect wood, and don't just assign them tasks to do and to work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. And when you can get that into your heart, the tasks have a purpose. There's something we want to get to. And there's joy in what we want to do. And that's basically what it means. When there's a purpose and then when there's a vision and a longing for a greater goal in our lives, then what we do to move towards that goal becomes meaningful. It's no longer a burden. So my longing is, and for me personally, and then also for us together as a church, as the collective church, is to explore the vast depths and the huge dimensions of God's love and the fullness of the life of Jesus Christ and to move more fully and more powerfully in what the Holy Spirit has for us. That is my vision. And I also long that we would experience that together as a group, as God has planned, and to see transformation in ourselves, each individually, and the people around us, and the people outside. And when we see that, we have revival. So what is your longing? What moves you and what makes your life meaningful? Don't look at me, look at yourself. (laughs) You need to decide it yourself, in your heart. And we can look into what the Lord says about that. Now here at the, here at the, at the collective, 
God, of course, is not building a ship. The times of Noah are past. He promised us that there will never be a flood again. So, but he's busy building right now, building a house. And it's not a house of dead stones and bricks and mortar. It's a spiritual house the Lord is building. A house whose walls are joined together by living stones. Growing into a temple to the Lord. The Lord is building a spiritual temple. And it's made up of living stones. And who are those living stones? Us. We are the living stones. Those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are here to display His glory and to bring salvation to the people. A temple, a spiritual temple of living stones declaring His praises and shining His light into the world. That's what we are there for. That's what we are there for about. So when we read in 1 Peter 2, we begin to understand something of God's heart for His people. The spiritual house of living stones that He wants to build. And when we see His amazing plans for us in these verses, His purpose and His vision and His longing, our hearts begin to beat in sync with His and make His designs and His desires ours. So let's read those verses in 1 Peter 2. Verses 4 to 6 and verse 9. And as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame again. But you are a chosen people. You hear, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That, why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light out of darkness and into his wonderful light. It's important to the Lord that we build and grow and move forward as a people in unity, in unity with Christ, of course, in unity with one another. Builders together. Living stones being built together. Displaying his glory and united in our priesthood together. United with Christ and his love filled with his passion. So our hearts beating with love and longing for this heavenly lover, Jesus Christ, always satisfied in him, always satisfied in him, but always looking forward to more. It's, it's a bit of a contradiction, but that's how heaven is. Always satisfied in him, but always looking forward to more. And this is what takes us forward. This is what unites us. And to partner with him to build the house of living stones, he is building to his glory, and in order that we can declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into the light. Let's look uh, just briefly more closely at some of the scriptures in, in, uh, in First Peter. As you come, in, the first, in verse 4 it says, As you come to him, the living stone. So to understand what we need to understand here, the original living stone of the building 
is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is the cornerstone, as it says. He's the living stone. He's the life-giving one. The one in whom we find life. We are, the, we, are the, uh, we are only living stones because he is the original living stone, the cornerstone. His spirit and life is in us. Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. Because Jesus is the one chosen by the Father and precious to him, the Father, we are chosen and precious because we now live in him. That makes us chosen and precious to the Father. And we move in him and we have our whole being, our, our whole identity in him. Chosen and precious, we are the children of the Most High King. Isn't that amazing? Royalty, co-heirs, as it says in the Bible, and brothers and sisters of Jesus. And while we are each unique, each of us are different, diverse, there's a wonderful commonality uh, in our identity, a oneness in the Spirit in Him. Isn't it amazing when we get together, together as Christians, we often come from so, such different backgrounds and, and so on. Uh, whatever experiences we have in this world are there that flows away because there's a oneness in him. It doesn't matter whether we're male or female, old or young, whether we are uh, from different uh, nationalities or have different colors of skin, it doesn't matter. When we're together, there's a oneness, which is just amazing. And you also, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So Jesus is building us as a group into a spiritual house, formed and indwelt by the Spirit of God. Every stone in this house has been made alive. It's no longer dead. It's been made alive by the Holy Spirit. And as one stone touches the other as the house is being built, each stone imparts more life to the other. And as new people come in and are being built into this house, they too are being touched by one another. And more life just flows. It becomes one house joined together. In verse 6c, I lay a stone in sign, a chosen and precious cornerstone. Just to reaffirm again, God sent Christ into this world to become the precious cornerstone. Jesus determines the design and orientation of the building. Not a worldly architect, no. Jesus determines the design what each building should look like. Christ is the cornerstone and therefore the most significant stone in the structure. And then the patterns that we adopt at home, in the family, at work, with colleagues or here at the collective, the orientations that we have in our spiritual house should and must be determined by Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit. Otherwise the house will not stand proper and right on a solid foundation. In 6b, the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Wow. I mean, our focus and trust in Christ and as we trust in him means that we can never be put to shame. The world might try and put shame on us. <laughs> and no doubt they will. But God says we can never be put to shame. Because we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. 
that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. A royal, priest, a royal priesthood. As priests, the whole body of believers reflects the holiness of God. And as priests, we represent the high priest, Jesus, who sacrificed for our sins once and for all when he offered himself. As, a, as an offering. And we are also priests that bring others to the high priest, to Jesus Christ. He who redeemed us. And he who is ready to redeem others. In fact, he came to save the world. And he expects us to bring that message out to the world. And in this spiritual house, all of, all of us as believers are living stones. There's not one dead stone in that house. It won't fit. And also priests with a, with, a, with a role of interceding, bringing together the human and the divine. The role of priests, bringing together the human and the divine. And lifting up the Lord, lifting up to the Lord the needs of the people in prayer and in intercession. Didn't we just sing, let incense, in night and day, night and day, let incense rise. Well, let our, our prayers rise to heaven, night and, night and day. And then bring heaven to earth, wherever we go. And we are also priests to one another within the church here, ministering to the needs uh, of those around us and interceding for them. As priests, we are called to be holy but not detached from the world. In the world, but not of the world. We are set apart by the Holy Spirit for a very specific purpose. In Jesus, every single one of us believers becomes a priest in the area of our influence. Not just while we come together on Sunday, but wherever we are in the world. We are representing, we are priests representing the high priest wherever we go. We are ministers, you and I, we are ministers of love and grace and, 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 uh, and of grace. You and I, we are living stones, as the Bible says. You and I are a link for many people to God, bringing them to salvation and new life in Jesus so that they also may become living stones in this spiritual house Jesus is building. And we, we, we are not, and we cannot be passive in this process. We are, we are not dead stones. We are living stones, as it says, full of the Spirit, participating in the plans that Jesus has for us, for each one individually and for this church, being built and building together as we partner with Jesus. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we read about being builders and co-workers with God, as well as being living stones of his house, God's temple, where his spirit dwells. So we are both. We are builders and living stones being built into a, into a spiritual house. We do both. We are both at the same time. And this is amazing how, uh, to look at the account in, in the Old Testament of uh, Nehemiah, where he is uh, of, of rebuilding and repairing Jerusalem's walls. And I, I believe that restoration and transformation and rebuilding is something the Lord wants to remind us about today and something that he wants us, 
encourage us to do. So let's have just a brief look at the story of Nehemiah. It's a good, good example for us in this regard. In 580 C before Christ, Israel was defeated by, by the Babylonians. The temple was destroyed and the people were taken into cap cap uh, captivity in, in Babylon. And then under the Persian kings of Cyrus, Darius and Artaxerxes, the exiled Jews were allowed to return to their land and to rebuild the temple. The temple was completed in 516, that's 17 years after the temple was uh, 70 years after the temple was destroyed. And we read in the Bible that there was rejoicing and celebration at, uh, as the dedication of the temple took place. But the city, the walls and gates, they were still broken down and the city and the temple were not safe from attack from outside. So in 455 before Christ, that is 60 years after the temple had been completed, Nehemiah was given permission and was sent out by King Artaxerxes to go to Jerusalem, Jerusalem and to oversee the repair and rebuilding of the walls and gates. Now, how did he go about that task? First, he inspected the town and he made an assessment of what was needed. Inspect the town, make an assessment. Then he called the people together and he encouraged them. He envisioned them, telling them about his own testimony, how he came to, to, to get there and what God has told him, and telling them what God has put into his heart to do and telling them about the goodness and love of God. And suddenly the vision went from uh, a broken wall to what God was like, and what God's plans for, uh, for, for, uh, for the uh, Jewish nation. And he encouraged the people to respond to that call, and to rise up together in unity, to build the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. Not everybody was in favor, as we can read. <laughs> But he put a longing into their hearts, as we read earlier, a longing into their hearts to have a safe city where they would be safe and where the, uh, where the temple would be safe. And guess what? The people were encouraged. <laughs> and they said, let's start building. Let's go for it. And then God gave Nehemiah a plan and said, this is how you should do it. So he formed groups of people. For instance, families that work together, or those who lived in the same area, or maybe uh, people, professions that work together, with the same skills and the same occupation. And each group was given a section to work on. And as one could expect, opposition to this came very quickly from outside the city walls, because suddenly the city was no longer so as open as it was before. And um, they were not happy, the people outside, they were not happy to, to see Jerusalem being strengthened. So Nehemiah put guards on, uh, on, on, onto the walls while people worked, and also he gave them tools to build, but he also gave them a sword at the same time. They went up there with tools and a sword. He said, if anybody comes here to try and interfere with us building these city walls, we'll be ready for you. There were still doubters, and there were still complainers inside the camp, but the task was completed. Is that not a good picture of God's people working together? <laughs> Rebuilding and restoring? After the completion of the work, they worshipped and repented and turned their hearts back to God. Many were weeping. But Nehemiah, Nehemiah and I like him for that, he said to them, rather feast and celebrate than weep. Rather feast and celebrate. Share what you have with the poor and be full of joy and happiness. 
And do not grieve, he said, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's a well-known well verse. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that, that verse is found right here in the book of Nehemiah, after they built the wall. So what a beautiful picture of a passionate love for God and for a love for one another and of unity and community. Working together. Building. An awesome account of the people of God and their choice, courageous, taking back their inheritance. Remember, they were taken out of Jerusalem in, into, into captivity. They've come back. They've built the temple. Now they've built the wall. They're taking back their inheritance and contenting together to live in the fullness and the freedom of God's plans and provisions for them. There is a communal destiny for us too. To us too, God wants to say, it's not just for each man, for each woman, or for each family, to him, her, or themselves. He says, I have a destiny, a plan for you as a church, as a community, as a collective, plans and purposes. And some of these plans and purposes I've already spoken to you this past, this past year and spoken over you, but there's more to come. And if this is your spiritual house that you're busy building and where you are a living stone, in which you are a living stone, a part of this, this, this building, then the words of Peter that we read earlier in the story of Nehemiah are words for you and for me. In Isaiah 61, it's, 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 it's wonderful. It's a wonderful chapter, which in fact also refers to living stones of the house the Lord is building. It says, we can have another slide, that's right. It says, they will rebuild, and I'm not uh, sort of quoting in, in sequence of the verses, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. And you will be called, here it says it again, priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. And Jesus said, in fact, that he will come to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve and sign, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Isn't that amazing? And as priests and as living stones of the spiritual building, that is what we are called to do. Exactly that. Bestow on people a ground of beauty instead of ashes. When we talk to them, when we deal with them. Pour oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And it says, they, we, will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Wow. <laughs> Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. That's what it's all about. And it's wonderful to hear these, these testimonies where the Lord is, is adding to, to, uh, to businesses, where, where things are growing, where, where children, <laughs> children are being born and, and, and growing up, and where, where wealth is being created. It is for uh, the display of God's splendor. Let us not forget that when we get to those points. Peter put it like this, as we read earlier. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare, 
Here we just read it in, in, in the Old Testament, here it's in the New Testament. That we may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I believe that what God is doing in us here is just what the story of the building of the walls in Nehemiah describes. And through his death on the cross, Jesus saved us, he healed us, and, and made us new. He restored us, he made us completely new. And Jesus is the restorer and the rebuilder of the broken walls in our lives. And he came to restore our souls when we were cast down by sorrow or by sin or by Satan or by this world. <laughs> so likewise, as Jesus has come to restore, we can minister his love. We can minister his saving grace. We can heal others. And by doing so, help restore others' lives to wholeness. We have got a part to play in that. We are part of the priesthood. We are part of that spiritual house. So let me say to you now, if the walls of your personal life are broken or in ruins or damaged, come to Jesus. <laughs> Let him heal and restore you. He has done it and he will do it again. As we sang earlier, one of the first songs, run to the Father, run to the Father and run again. <laughs> and then we sing it again. Yeah? We're going to run to the Father every time. We will not stop running to the Father. Let Jesus heal and restore. If your relationship with your family or your Christian brothers and sisters is broken, let the Lord bring healing and restoration. Open your heart to the powerful working of His grace and let Him renew you. And whatever your, your experience of family, some of us haven't got good experiences, but the experience of church or the Christian community has been, and however distorted or broken that picture of church or family or relationships might be in your mind, God's visions... Uh, God's vision and plans and designs for his spiritual home of which you are a living stone remains as it always was. Perfect. This is the heart, this is his heart and his plan for us. What he describes in his word. In his word. And he's the one who empowers us to live this reality through the, power of, of, of the Holy, Holy, through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So this is also, as it is God's passion, it is also our passion and our longing to build into and be being built into the temple of living stones, the church, to the glory of God, to the Lord, and to declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness, into his light. So what is our strategy? Nehemiah, the Lord put a strategy into his heart and he encouraged the people. He gave vision to the people and together they built up the, the walls of the city. What is our strategy? How do we move forward in unity with the blessing and the power of the Lord and see this transformation take place in us and through us? I want to encourage 
us all today, each and every believer, to use the giftings God has given us. Practical and spiritual. Practical and spiritual. Fulfilling our practical functions that are needed and also our spiritual calling. It's a spiritual house that he's building in a very practical world. But they come together to the glory of God. And in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verses 9 to 11, Paul uses this picture of co-workers with Christ and emphasizes the point that Jesus is the only foundation of the building which is being built. And he says we all have different giftings, abilities and functions, and we should bring all these giftings to the house and work together for the glory of God and according to the unity of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So the verse says, for we are co-workers in God's service. We are God's field. And he again mentions, we are God's building. We are individually and corporately a spiritual temple. And we minister to God in worship and we minister to one another, both in a physical and spiritual dimension. And it's wonderful that Jesus never separated these two, the physical and the spiritual. If you remember after the resurrection in his new supernatural body, and at one of the most significant moments of commissioning Peter for what Peter is about to do, what does Jesus do? He's on the beach making a bride, fish bride. <laughs> Now, isn't that amazing? The spiritual and the physical completely together. Jesus served at that time spiritually and physically. And we all can serve. And as Martin Luther King said, we all can be great because we can all serve. Practically and spiritually. The one does not exclude the other. We are actually called to do both. As an example, we can serve practically, whether it's setting out the chairs in the morning or making coffee or giving some water to somebody who's thirsty or tidying up afterwards or working with children, helping with the poor, making food, eating and enjoying the food together <laughs> with the family and friends, the church community, all these things and more. The list can be endless, endless is to the glory of God. Whatever we do is for His glory. Because our vision is not just to make the food, our vision is further as to what God is doing. He's building a spiritual house to his glory. But we can also serve spiritually. And we've seen that today. <laughs> Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we can speak in tongues, we can prophesy, we can heal, we can, we, miracles happen, words of wisdom can, can, can be shared, words of knowledge, faith. And then also using the gifts God has given us, like showing, <coughs> showing mercy, giving practically, encouraging others, extending hospitality. And of course, the greatest gift of them all is to love one another. <laughs> yeah. Whatever gifts God has put into your body, into your mind, into your heart, serve Him and serve others with it. Anytime when you speak, when you do, let the oil of the presence of God and the Holy Spirit flow. Let the gifts flow. 
As Peter says in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11, each of you should use whatever gift you have, you have received, to serve others as faithful, faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things, in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And that is our purpose, <laughs> to glorify God. That's what we're here for in this world. The vision that we have. Now we're here to glorify God. And whatever we do, if we glorify God, well, we're on the right path. And the burden becomes light because there's joy and rejoicing in heaven. If you look at the life of the early church, as it's described in the New Testament, we find there was active participation by all believers. In fact, I mean, the verse that I so find very hard sometimes is that they gave, gave away their possessions. Eh? At the time, it was like, oh, how did they manage? <laughs> but then they knew the practical and the spiritual work together. The Lord will reward them and will make good. It was brought about by the supernatural presence um, and power of the Holy Spirit operating in and through individual believers. And I think actually this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> was such an example of this, of, of this, such a beautiful example. Some people doing the cooking, some doing the serving, some are praying, some giving prophetic words from behind the scenes, some are teaching, some are leading, it all work together to the glory of God. And lives were changed. I mean, that is it. If it's just for fun, it also doesn't. <laughs> lives were changed at the time. We are the living stones made to burn and to shine by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it's not in our own strength, but through the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do that. So let's, let's bring out the gold in each other. So that the temple of living stones can radiate God's power and glory. Let's build this spiritual house together side by side, heart to heart with one another. So that this community, this city and the cities of the world are touched by the love and grace of God. We, we, we sometimes don't understand how God works. But I'm 100% sure that as Jen and John moved to Australia, they took with them what God had placed in their hearts and shared it there. And there are things happening there in Australia right now because they went to visit. God works in amazing ways. So don't worry about that. God will take care of it. <laughs> Just make yourself your gifts and what God has given you available to him to build what he wants to build. That spiritual house. His house. We have all our own very individual and unique journey with Jesus. Each one as a living stone. Each one precious and chosen specifically by God. You're not one sort of, in a, of a big basket and the Lord says, now wait a minute, I've got so many stones here, what are they all? <laughs> the God, God knows every single stone. He knows every single one of you. You are precious and chosen 
by God, each individual. But our destiny is collective. It's in unity. It's in, as a house built together, uh, stuck together, glued together, together with others. This is the way God has planned it. So do you, do you long for the limitless glory and power of the Holy Spirit to engulf you and us? For the immeasurable love of God to consume us with fire and then consume others with fire? Well, if yes, then let's, let's build this spiritual house together as living stones to experience all that what He has planned for us. What He has purposed and what He has promised. And He, he will keep His word. Let us pray. And Lord Jesus, yeah, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that you have come to this world, that you have brought us out of darkness and into light. And so we pray that you will put a longing into our hearts for the spiritual house of living stones which you are building so that we can be living and active stones in what you want to accomplish and what you want to do. Lord, we so often get caught up in the cares of this world. But our eyes need to look up. Your plans are much greater than what's happening here at the moment. So help us to be, to be caught up in what you have planned for us individually and also for us as families and for the spiritual house. We, we long to be seen and be called by others, oaks of righteousness. Oh Lord, we need righteousness in this country. We need righteousness in this world, Lord. We want to be those oaks planted firmly, rooted firmly, being called oaks of righteousness. Those living stones that you talk about, those living stones infused with the Holy Spirit, held together by the Holy Spirit, building this house to the glory of God, to burn for you and to display your splendor. That is your plan, Lord. Lord, we pray and we ask that we can be part of this, that you use us. We ask that you soften our hearts, that we, that we are available, that we can just be free to be part of the building that you are building. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.co.za.